Welcome to the What She Said podcast. My name is Candace Sampson. I am currently in the middle of divorce proceedings, working towards my psychology degree, dating for the first time in 20 years, raising three teenage girls, a senior dog, and two guinea pigs. And in the middle of all this, I thought it would be a good time to buy the What She Said media property. What could possibly go wrong? I've been in the trenches with women across Canada for over a decade now, oversharing on the Yummy Mummy Club, Life in Pleasantville, and on all my social media pages, and I totally do it for the gram. And now I'm coming to you on the radio at 105.9 The Region and on this podcast. Apparently, I have a lot to say. So let's get rolling. One of my favorite books is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. It's a heartwarming, hilariously funny account of a therapist's journey through therapy. So I was walking by my bookshelf the other day. It occurred to me, who's taking care of our therapists right now? They are dealing with a tsunami of mental health issues and they're struggling with some of their own. So I reached out to Kelly Boss and Kelly Bourne, who are both therapists and who are hosts of Talk Therapy Pod, to talk to me about how they're taking care of themselves in addition to taking care of so many others. Joining me today, I have two Kellys. So if you're listening, this might get a little confusing. I have Kelly Bourne and Kelly Boss. We can't even differentiate with KB and KB. <laughs> But no, it's nothing. They, yeah, yeah, nothing. They are coming with some great information today. So um, I want to just start with uh, who is looking after our therapists? Mm-hmm. That's a really solid question. Um, so I think there was a call out to ask how many therapists could give um, therapy to frontline workers, and there was a huge response from the therapy community. But uh, we were kind of joking about my team. So I work one, um, I work a few days a week in community mental health. We kind of joke like, can we access that? Because not only are we all trying to figure out how we can help with that, but also like, can we use it as well? So I, I, you know, we're community mental health. It's in a health clinic. We have to go in. We are working from home several days. I also have a private practice several days and it's been, it's been a lot. I find I used to be able to do quite a few sessions in a day and now I am exhausted after a few and I don't know if it's because of the phone although I've done it online and phone counseling for years it's just something about everything all at once for me is making me pretty exhausted so for sure I think there's a lot of stress on the therapy community right now and mm-hmm. Kelly you do also um, mm-hmm. the the on uh, the kids helpline yeah the kids help phone crisis text line. And it's, I think it's, it's just, we're all in uncharted territory because normally I find, I don't know if you find this too, Kel, but in our situations, we're kind of like the, the safe haven or the rock or the, the sheltered Harbor where we, you know, our buckets are full and we are able to offer that support to others. But what we're finding now is this is global. This is affecting everyone, including us. So while we are trying to, doing our best to support others, our house is on fire as well. Like everyone is dealing with this in their, in their own ways. No one is immune. I also think of like the newscasters and the journalists who are out there and the faces of this every day and putting on the brave face and, and giving us the information. 
we don't know what they're struggling with at home either. And just everyone is under so much pressure. It's, it's like there's this global need for self-compassion and just being kind to ourselves and recognizing what we need and also recognizing that the way things worked in the past, it's feeling a lot, a lot different now. The conversations are a lot different because mm-hmm. we are also weighed down with the same issues that a lot of the people we are trying to help are, are weighed down with. So it is, it, it's, a, it's a struggle for everyone, for sure. Right. It's not like... I think too, as therapists... Sorry, we're not used to disclosing. Like we're not used to really kind of talking about ourselves. So thank you for asking. (laughs) But we often keep ourselves out of the room, but we're in it too. Absolutely. This is not uh, just one, like a a certain population. Everyone's going through it. Here's here's my concern when it comes to our our community of therapists right now Mm -hmm. is that it's intense right now with the amount of people who need therapy. But I anticipate there was going to be a tsunami of mental health issues when we come out of this in a month or two or however long it takes us, there's going to be Mm -hmm. a lot of PTSD, a Mm -hmm. lot of stress and anxiety um, on top of what people were already dealing with. So my concern is, will we have the therapy community there when we need them? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because like you said, you're under a, a great amount of strain as well. And I know that you learn techniques to separate um, yourself from your patients, uh, but I feel like because there's so much of it, that must be amplified. So Mm -hmm. my question, I guess, is do therapists have therapists that they can talk to during this? So a lot of therapists do. Sometimes you get this natural, if you work with others, there's sort of this natural water cooler therapy, I suppose that goes on. Like if you work with a ton of therapists that you drop by people's offices and just like, I don't want to carry this. Um, I also have a private practice, but I opened it with a a colleague. So we're able to consult and share and talk about, boy, I'm feeling really heavy, all those things right now. And then some people of course have just traditional therapy too, where they go and they have a therapist. It's it's hard. It's sometimes hard if you're involved in the community to find someone that you're not also sort of working with or referring to or you know, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit hard. Therapists have a hard time, but I guess the more things, more therapists that used to get used to online, which is new. Mm-hmm. So I used to work internationally. I brought a lot of clients with me when I left. Um, so I'm used to it, but a lot of therapists, this is brand new for them. So I feel like a lot of people are going to be able to offer more because they have this experience doing online mm-hmm. counseling now that they haven't had to push themselves to do before. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that as we get more and more used to that, it will get a lot easier to access those resources. Because I find even for me personally, I find Kel and I, when we're stressed, we bounce, I'll call her or she'll call me and we can use each other to lean on because we know each other, we can relate to each other, we know how to help each other. And then also, even in the crisis text line, so it's all, it's all text-based, we're all online, and the different counselors, we have a separate debrief and support chat room, so we are able to lean on each other and pull on each other and share our vulnerabilities in a safe space and work things out that way, which is, which is huge, which is huge. We all need it right now. We all need somebody to lean on. Okay. So let's pull the lens back further then. Yeah, actually, Kelly's right. Our podcast was a little bit born of all these conversations yeah. we were having to support each other too. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. That's why we call it Talk Therapy Podcast because it was kind of born out of that. It was Sorry, our talk ahead, therapy. <laughs> okay. So yeah. let's pull the, the, the lens back though a little further and let's talk about 
uh, expectations right now because I am seeing, um, you know, the internet is just filled with these things about, you know, what, what's been called productivity pornography, um, you know, <clears throat> this expectation that you should be just, you know, master of the universe uh, at home and uh, all of these things, which I think is unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about these expectations and how we can be gentler with ourselves right now. Yeah, I just, whenever I see that, I'm finding social media, um, to be honest, a little unbearable right now because it's just, you never know what's going to come up in your feed. And so often it's trigger, triggering or it goes against like how I'm feeling in the moment. And that's, you just, you really hit a nerve there with me because even this morning I scrolled by something that I think it was meant to be helpful and it was meant in the sense of, you know, gaining perspective and looking at the frontline workers versus how you're feeling in your situation and realizing there's people out there, you know, fighting the fight every day. But I think we also need to remember that anxiety and depression and, and grief, these are all huge things that people are dealing with in their homes and not to discount how they're feeling just because they're not a doctor or a nurse in a hospital in downtown Toronto. So I think we need to chuck all those expectations mm -hmm. out the door, especially for a lot of us in, in Ontario who um, the education system is now rolling out homeschooling expectations starting on, uh, on April, I don't have the date, but first week of April. That's an added layer <laughs> of stress too. And I think we all just need to chuck all expectations out the window, recognize that what we're going through right now is trauma. I think that that's, hasn't been talked a lot about. This is, this is traumatic. What we are experiencing is traumatic and getting a, a tidier to-do list or color coding things or yes, it may help some people for sure coping. I don't mean to discount that at all, but we also can't discount what's going on right now. This is trauma. This is something we are going to be dealing with for a long time. Chuck all the expectations out the window. Where you are currently is where you need to be one step, one breath, one moment at a time and just go at your own pace. Yeah, like I, I read something, you know, about, you know, best shape of my life and just having all this time and I wanted to weep <laughs> because yeah. it's been so busy that I like exhausted with it. Like I, I'm starting to feel a little bit better because, it, but it's, things are still completely disastrous <laughs> every day, yeah. especially when it comes to technology. So these kind of memes like, you know, living my best life, thank goodness for COVID-19 because I've got this downtime. I'm, I, I'm not relating to that. So it's hard. Kelly and I often talk about this, that you have to be careful about what you're consuming. Mm -hmm. And so social media doesn't give you that option unless you're really careful with your feed. But like it just that endless scrolling, you're going to kind of be on slot or <laughs> have these things attack you. So we, we both try and like be careful about like the scroll, be careful about what we're consuming. Uh, Kelly classically really harvests what she's taking in in terms of her social media. She's very good at that. I always have these people pleasing tendencies I fight where I don't have a hard time unfollowing or <laughs> muting or anything like that. But, you know, I'm working on it because you can really get way too many sources that the news, everything, it's a lot. And I'm available for it because I'm working from home. I'm on my computer. It's just there. And yeah, we all want to numb out. We all want to distract. Just be careful what you're doing it with. Try and instead be mindful, I guess. So that's what I wanted to just sort of bring around because I'm, you know, uh, type A, <laughs> if you know me. And um, 
I, I feel this drive to to get things done, and and so, but I've also been uh, super mindful of the fact that I'm not going to get it all done. So I will write out my to do list, and then, um, but my mood sort of goes from one hour to the next. I mean, right now as I'm talking to you, I'm I'm super up and I'm happy and I'm hopeful. But you know, in an hour, I might not be. So I'm letting myself just roll with that. And if in an hour I don't feel like getting something done, I don't beat myself up for it. Yep. And so I think that's the sort of where we should all be at is not beating ourselves up if we don't get something done. Yep. Expectations out the window, like moment by moment, because it's, it, really, it swings back and forth so widely. And I think that's something that I'm, I'm hearing from everyone. Everyone's feeling that it's, well, even myself, like I had a moment this week where it was all I could do not to just break down in the grocery store because it was just hitting me like how messed up and life changing this situation is where getting food is the most stressful part of my week. And but then I have moments where I'm feeling really motivated and I can get a lot of work done. So it's just no expectations. I don't put any expectations on myself. I just see where it's going to go. And if I'm productive, great. And if I'm trying to push back a panic attack in the grocery store. We just get that through that too. It's just, we're, we're all, yeah, feeling all the feelings from one moment to the next. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because when you said the grocery store, which was interesting to me, the, the grocery store for me, uh, and I feel like we're going to mark our lives now in pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. So yep. pre-pandemic, the grocery store for me was a very therapeutic outing. I would go in, I'd saunter up and down the aisles, I'd pick things up, I would, like, it was just heaven. A trip to the grocery store was heaven. Now, it's incredibly stressful. Am I going to breathe in the person's air beside me? Uh, You know, have I touched something that might have a virus on it? Uh, And yet food is, you know, obviously needed. We have Mm -hmm. to have that. So there's this whole reevaluation of normalcy now. What's normal? Um, And I saw something the other day that really struck me and it said, in our rush to get back to normal, maybe we should reevaluate what we want to keep as normal. So maybe perhaps the grocery store wasn't the best therapy. Maybe there's something else out there that I should be reevaluating. Well, and I think, I think what you're covering is sort of our priorities. Like we get so rushed, we get so busy. I also like to see certain things accomplished in the day, but I can also completely shut down. So I can swing to just not wanting to do anything to wanting to get things done. And so before, maybe the only time that you could really let yourself relax was like getting out and going to the grocery store by yourself, or that was your alone time. And that's okay. I think during all this, like what's normal is whatever, as, as Kelly said, whatever you're dealing with in that moment, but flexibility, adaptability, these are all going to be great markers for us to go forward. These are all resilience pieces. This is grit. This is stuff that we can learn. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we have to have it perfect going on. I mean, some of it is just, you know, tapping into those healthy aspects of fight or flight and just pushing forward and fighting for ourselves you know, and fighting for our families and, and making good decisions. But it's also, you know, having to adapt. And I, you know, I, you, you could just run to the grocery store every day before. And now it's annoying when you're missing things, but it's gone past that where I struggle with either feeling like a social pariah for going out and wanting to get some groceries. Do I need them that bad? What, do, you know, what, yeah. <laughs> what's the actual thing? And I really want to be respectful and I don't want to be a, someone who transmits things to other people. I, I'm, you know, want to be careful, but at the same time, 
I also don't want to go. I'm fearful. At the same time, I do want to go. <laughs> and I really want to see my parents, but I also don't want to because I'm afraid for them. So this is like almost every normal thing I did is now this question like, how important is it? Is it a priority? And sometimes it is. Like, um, you know, my mom has to go out and see her sister who's in her 80s. You know, she, she needs some help. And I hate my mom having to go out and do this. But my mom doesn't want me going out because I have kids. Like, everything is second-guessed. Everything is questioned. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of social shaming with people making decisions Huge. that the yep. common, the greater, yep. <laughs> are not happy with. And I can understand that. And some I'm very frustrated and upset too with people's decisions. At the other times, I think, whoa, like, wow, the mob mentality is harsh and fierce. Yeah. So there's, yeah, I don't know, normal day to day, minute by minute, hour to hour, just mm -hmm. as Kelly said, be compassionate with yourself, tap into what you know is your truth, mm -hmm. you know, and be exactly. mindful that this isn't, don't react to six months from now. Don't react to the past. Just what can I make the best decision with the information I have in this moment? Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good opportunity to for resetting and even just yesterday I made a list of like okay what do I want for my life like how do I want my days to look moving forward because like you said everything's just been it's like we're in a snow globe and everything's just like floating around and we don't know where it's going to land but just looking at how I want to spend my time what I put my focus on what I value. And I feel like for a lot of us, compassion, both self-compassion and compassion for others is going to be so key in getting through this because we were already riding that wave of like cancel culture, you know, where someone makes one mistake and suddenly like, oh, cancel, like not paying attention to her anymore, or she's over or forget him because they made one really silly, misguided mistake. And I, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous a bit like I'm seeing that now it's people like a neighbor made a mistake or maybe somebody you know went on vacation when it was still in that iffy stage and now everyone is like jumping on them because they went to Florida when they shouldn't have gone to Florida and I think we all just need like compassion for self compassion for others knowing that people are doing the best that they can yes some people are making some pretty big mistakes but we really we need each other. We need each other more than ever now. And compassion and gratitude are going to be key, I think, in getting through this and just really avoiding that cancel mentality or I can't believe they did that. And just because we're all afraid, right? And that's what we do when we're scared is we can kind of like hunker down in our own caves and go us versus them. But we're all in this together and just trying to stay as open as we can is, is going to be really important in moving forward. Yeah, so I was talking to somebody the other day about this, about what is it about this virus that has us so, you know, stressed? And it's because it's like being in a crowd and there's a sniper and you just don't know who this is going to hit and or when, mm -hmm. right? It's, so it's this constant stress of, you know, that fight or flight that you're feeling because there are no predictables with this. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's old. Sometimes it's young. Some people get very sick. Some people it's nothing. Yeah. Um, it's just such a crazy, it's so, it, there is no comparison to a common cold or a flu or even a regular, um, you know, if you were diagnosed with cancer or, or diabetes, like there are, there's an absolutely nothing predictable in this virus, which is what makes the, um, the stress of it so great, I think. And so every move you make comes with this great burden of, am I harming myself? Am I harming others? Am I potentially harming my family? 
-hmm. what's the right call here? We're also becoming very socially isolated. Uh, like Kelly said, I miss my parents too. You know, um, at the same time, my father is in his 70s. And so it's, it's stressing me out because I obviously don't want him to get this. Mm -hmm. So um, I agree with you. Uh, we need more empathy. But I, I think that we need to be modeling that because we all, we're all sitting there on social media. So we need to be modeling that on, on social media as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to continue to call out people like Trump who are, you know, uh, tearing the world apart with their hate. But I'm not going to beat up my neighbor who maybe made a wrong call by having, you know, a friend over a week ago. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you asked the kind of what this, why it's so much scarier. I think part of it is we um, have a bit of luxury here in North America, many of us to feel like we've got a fair bit of control in our life. You know, we generally make decisions that uh, work for us or, you know, we just feel like we can control things. Now, health is always the scariest because it is the, you know, pretty much the one thing you never know when you're, you know, someone, a health, perfect, healthy marathon runner drops out of a heart attack. Like these are things that it doesn't make sense to us. We can, you know, go vegan and eat all the right things and we can still be hit with a sickness. So here we are with a, a sickness that really isn't um, discriminating. Of course, it's got, you know, some targets that are, you know, getting it a bit more, but really we could all get it. So that's really scary. We also uh, feel like we have some control to protect it, but then we also feel like we don't because the community spread is so big now. So for a little while, we're like, okay, it's good. Like I didn't travel, so I'm okay. Or I, I, you know, I've been keeping my social circle 10 or less, you know, in the beginning. And even Kelly and I did a podcast on the Talk Therapy pod that was about COVID-19. And within a week, we're like, wow, every thing has changed. We were kind of like, oh, this is not relevant anymore. Yeah, a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is no longer relevant. So, and it quickly we had to like try to talk about the new normal and that constantly changes also. So we get this, okay, as long as I do A to Z, you know, we're okay. And now there's this new list. And so it keeps changing. We're not going back to school. We're, the things that we held on to, if I can, oh, isolation I can do, oh, until April. Oh, okay, now it's May. And so it's just a lot. And I think, you know, that analogy is good. Like we don't know who's going to be hit or when we're also trying to struggle with a little bit of control. We have realizing we also don't have a lot, you know, people are buying up the toilet paper that hasn't necessarily proved to be fruitful, but you know, people are trying to get control where they can. And uh, yeah, we don't have much control in this, just like to the, the basics, the um, social distancing, the hand washing, but past that, who's to say. Okay. So Let's talk a little bit then about uh, these densely populated areas uh, because I feel like the three of us as we're mm. sitting here talking, you know, I, I live in a house, I have a backyard and a front yard. Um, so I have some space, uh, you know, yeah. uh, my boyfriend, I was saying, uh, is, is mm. very stressful. Whereas me stepping out of my door, I'm just stepping out into my yard. I know nobody's been there, uh, mm. that kind of thing. So his, his experience is going to be much more stressful than my experience. This is happening in a lot of areas. So let's, for example, say downtown Toronto. Mm -hmm. So what are the best ways for people to, um, to cope in that environment? Yeah. So I live in kind of the middle of nowhere. Like I live out in cottage country, so we can still go for walks as well. So I am very grateful for that. But a lot of people, as you say, just don't have that. Um, and it depends on the city because some people are 
you know, a, it's a bit more spacious or less populated. So people are going for those walks. But as you say, these densely populated areas, you're kind of stuck. So what can you do? It's about time. I guess it's about getting really creative, like getting out on your porch and having your morning coffee, introducing some new things in your routine that might be helpful and enjoyable, but might require reaching out through uh, social media to connect with people or playing games. You know, people who live alone is, I think, a good example, too. Not only the densely populated, but like you're getting creative when you live alone to still connect with other people, too. Like, are you playing online Scrabble with your cousin? Are you um, doing a Zoom group chat with your high school friends? You know, it's, it's about, I think, really getting creative. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. I mean, some of us have more space than others. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things where, well, I'm sure all of us wish for a magic wand right now to just make everything easy or, okay, if I just take these three tips, then I won't have to deal with the stress and the anxiety and the grief of this. So as we've touched on earlier, it's just doing the best you can with what you have and protecting yourself the best you can and watching that self-talk and what you're saying to yourself especially for, like I'm thinking of people who live alone in highly populated areas, your self-talk can be your best friend or your worst enemy and really paying attention to the tape yeah, that you're absolutely. in your head, I think is number one. And what mm-hmm. messages you're telling, telling yeah, yourself, absolutely. being aware of that. And then it's just doing your best. Like Kelly said, if you're playing Scrabble with somebody online or doing a, if you, I was going to say doing a puzzle book. Well, I'm sure most people who live alone probably just don't have a thousand piece puzzle kicking around. I know that I didn't, but it's, yeah. it's just being, yeah, well, it's true, right? You can, you can start to compare and sometimes with lists or suggestions, it can be helpful, but then sometimes it can also not be harmful, but it can be demoralizing a bit. Well, it's like, I don't have that, or I don't have that, or I don't have access to this. And it's just really looking at what you have, mm-hmm. making the best with what, you, what, what you've got, and just that self-talk, really being aware of the messages that you're telling yourself. And just, mm-hmm. like, I'll even say, like, okay, Kelly, you're doing it again. It's okay to talk back to yourself sometimes if you need to get your mind Yeah, absolutely. In the right <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- and also, too, like, if you look at this as, I'm going to do this for a year, then you are going to be having a much harder time. You really have to bring it down to you. Like I have to get through today Yeah. because the thought of the next two months doing thousand piece puzzles every day, (laughs) a little soul destroying, but (laughs) I'm going to do a puzzle today. It's not my new life. I don't always do puzzles. Today I'll do a puzzle. This afternoon I'll call a friend. Later I'll do this, put it down to manageable chunks. If I can get through the next half hour, golden. Let's not worry about doing this for two more months. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think this is where we we have a unique opportunity um, to build a community uh, because as we're sitting here talking about this Mm -hmm. now, I'm thinking about a lot of people who are alone or elderly. And so we do have a unique opportunity um, to build a community, um, Mm -hmm. reach out to people uh, because we do have this great tool called the internet. Um, where we can um, communicate with people. And uh, so that community building is huge. Um, But going back to what we were talking about earlier about empathy, you know, uh, yes, you can um, hold two separate and distinct ideas in your head. It's okay to be fully aware that there are people out on the front line that we should be grateful for every single day. And it's also okay to not be happy about your circumstances. Exactly. Yes. 100%. 
Yeah, so you don't, I, absolutely. If we don't acknowledge it, then I think that's even harder. We're always trying to stuff it down. And the, I think the biggest piece in being able to accept it is to acknowledge it. Just like if your friend called you and said, I'm having a hard time, you wouldn't say, oh, well, suck it up and get on with your day. You'd say, oh, yeah, I know it's really hard. And you'd listen to them. But that's kind of what we, how we talk to ourselves, right? It's like, yeah, oh, well, suck it up. But if you just took a moment and said, this is hard. This is really hard. I'm glad I don't have to work in the ER in the hospital, but this is hard. And I can acknowledge this is hard for me right now. And also hold that other piece. That's right. So I, that's, I don't want people beating themselves up, uh, thinking that they're being, you know, snowflakes if they're complaining about their circumstances, right. because there's always somebody who has it worse. Right. Of course, there's always somebody who has it yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, but it's also just okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, don't need so to be, yeah. you don't need to be anything but what like so I have a I have a sticky note on my computer right now that says be a beacon of light and if people can't embrace you and be empathetic mm -hmm. then that's okay let them go find the people who will embrace you during this time they're mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. absolutely okay so tell me I just so let's talk about some resources for people then where can people go um, mm -hmm. for therapy right now so one great option that's available to Canadians of all ages is the crisis text line. So you can text HOME to 686868 and be connected usually within five minutes to a qualified crisis responder. So if you are in crisis, you need to speak with someone like right now, can't contact anyone else. That is a really great resource for Canadians of, of all ages. I highly, highly recommend that. Another option mm -hmm. too that is imp that a lot of people have been asking about just because a lot of the we didn't really touch on it but just all of the new government programs and the different things that are being rolled out and just the anxiety and the overwhelm of figuring out like can I get a mortgage deferral or can I do I have to pay my taxes um 211 yeah. so if you can call so it's available in most provinces yeah. calling 211 you can get connected with a, a resource mm -hmm. person who can direct you exactly to which mm -hmm. programs you qualify for Okay. Absolutely. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of doctors have family health teams where there's social workers and counselors. Um, community mental health. Ha there's a lot of uh, community health services probably in everybody's area. There's also pro province-wide something called the Big White Wall, um, which is a online kind of supportive. There's there's moderators in the group, but it's kind of like a, a community you can go on and make connections and get connections there. There's also something called Bounce Back which is like a coaching, um, you know, six session, motivational based on CBT program. So the government's got quite a few things, including um, they're, they're changing the name, Ontario's Access to Structured Psychotherapy, something like that. But there's some new rollouts coming as well. And then private practitioners are, if you go to psychology today, that's probably one of the easier places, but you can look in your community, people who are, I think most people are accepting online clients, Yep. Um, you know, I've had to switch to that too. And so that's another option. If you have insurance, a lot of them will cover um, certain people, often a registered social worker is an easy one for a lot of um, insurance companies, but something to check as well. So those are, I think, all good places. There's lots of helpful podcasts out there. There's lots of helpful um, websites, uh, mm -hmm. Anxiety BC, uh, CAMH has great information as well. Yeah. Yep. 
There's lots anxiety, of good websites yeah, another out there. Really, uh, another good one is anxietycanada.com. So it has a lot mm. of resources, like do-it-yourself type resources. They have a full anxiety curriculum for both adults and children. So if this is something your kids are dealing with, yeah. that's a great place where you can go and it breaks it out just like a school curriculum step-by-step what anxiety Mm -hmm. is, how to cope, here are some tools, here are some techniques, here are strategies that you can do on your own. So anxietycanada.com is another great one. Okay, amazing. Okay, thank you. I want to thank both of you for uh, for joining me. Uh, I think uh, we're going to need uh, therapists and therapy more than ever going forward. So um, my hope for you too is that you take care of yourselves. Uh, and stay stay healthy oh, as, as well as you can, mentally and physically, obviously. Um, and uh, thank you for your time today. I hope to have you back again soon. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Oh, thanks for having us. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars. The one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.